What's going on, everybody? Esports are growing in the world today, and on this episode of the Game Time Guru, I've got Jordan Morehouse joining me to discuss the business side of esports. You don't want to miss it. So, what time is it? Game Time Boo! What is up, everybody? Welcome out to episode 50 of the Game Time Guru Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Larson. And first off, I want to thank everyone for supporting me all up until this point. This is episode 50. It's been over a year that I started this podcast. I've been trying to stay consistent with it. And like I've said in the previous episodes, greatly appreciate the support. So if you could, please make sure to go find me on iTunes and uh, leave me a review if you can and share it with your friends and family. So today I've got Jordan Morehouse, good friend of mine from way back when. How, how long have we known each other, Jordan? Oh, God. Um, this is a, 20, a trick question. 26 years, 25 years, something like that. I don't know. Like early on elementary school, I feel like. Fourth grade. Fourth, Fourth grade. grade. Yeah, okay. your dad was my basketball coach, Y-Ball. was your dad and the monks. So 20 years. Yeah. It's been a 20 while. 20 plus years. That's a long time. Yeah, we've known each other for quite a while. Um, went through elementary school, middle school, high school together, and uh, we're still living in the same city and friends still. It's great. And uh, Jordan, why don't we get a, a little bit of a background about who you are, uh, what you do, and then we'll kind of get into this discussion. So who's Jordan Morehouse? Yeah, like uh, Shane said, uh, we've been friends for a long time. You know, I grew up here in uh, Meridian, Idaho, um, now currently a real estate advisor for Amherst, Madison, and Boise, and uh, do commercial and residential real estate and really enjoy that and really enjoy the, you know, the business side of, of real estate. So, um, yeah, I did. I just realized that uh, this was the 50th episode. So congratulations, Shane. Thank you. Um, listen to a lot of his podcast shows and this, uh, this is kind of a cool milestone for him. So congratulations, by yeah, the way. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Yeah, of course. It's because of people like Jordan. So make sure you're, you're doing what Jordan does. Listen to it in the car rides, whatever you got to do. So you can argue with me and then maybe one day you can, you know, chalk it up with me on the show and we can argue together. So, um, Jordan, you just mentioned that you're a real estate agent, real estate. What did you call yourself? Real estate, uh, real estate advisor. Advisor. Yeah. yeah. Real estate advisor. Okay. You like the business side of things and that's why we're going to be talking about the business side of esports today. But um, let's talk about gaming in general. Like, why is it a topic of interest for you? Well, one of the things I grew up playing uh, video games, you know, as most kids did in our generation. Uh, I remember getting my first gaming system was the N64 for Christmas and just being so excited. And then I remember, like, when Goldeneye came out. Oh, yeah. It was like dude, the real. The N64? Yeah, the N64 yes. is like the real first person, like, shooter that you didn't. It wasn't on PC that you could have four players and battle out with against your friends. I just remember being a blast and literally spending hours with my buddies. You know, just going around and being mad that somebody selected odd job because he was shorter than everybody else. So you couldn't shoot him <laughs> as easy. Yeah, and it was just a really fun game. But uh, yeah, so I grew up playing sports, uh, or sorry, esports, or I guess just video games. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I actually had an opportunity to serve a mission for my church in South Korea. Okay. And that's where like the business of esports like just blew up in my mind. And I was like, holy cow, this is going to take off. Um, and so I was there in 2006, 2008. Okay. And, uh, you know, kind of saw the future of esports because, in my opinion, South Korea like pioneered esports. Okay. How so? Um, yeah, I'll give you a quick example. So, one of the games that I've, uh, I've played in the past is called League of Legends. Okay. I think it's been mentioned on your show when right. you talked to, to Vope. And uh, that, like, I'll give you so, League of Legends is really big in Korea. 
really big. Okay. And they're sponsored by like Samsung and SKT. And SKT is like the equivalent of AT&T or Verizon here, one of the biggest cell phone providers. So like big time uh, investors there in Korea for their esports teams. And then like when I was there, and this is, you know, that's currently, but when I was there, they also had like dedicated TV shows to uh, StarCraft tournaments. So this is on like this, this normal is like, television. Yeah, normal television, and it's like 24 hours StarCraft. And no like people that know StarCraft know that the Koreans were like legendary for it. And like the world championships always had Koreans against Koreans. Um, interesting. And it's, okay. It, it is interesting because like I don't know how Koreans are so good at video games. I don't know what it is, but it's like their drive. Like anytime you meet a Korean and there you have a passion for something, they go all in. And some of them like video games, so they go all in. And I don't know. They're just crazy good at it sometimes. Did you ever get the opportunity to, to like, game with anybody while you were there, or were you not gaming? No, I never gamed with anybody there. I just knew of people. So it's another interesting point is, so in Korea, houses are pretty small. Okay. So they don't have, like, a den or anything like that where they have, like, their computer set up. Okay. So they would actually go to a place called the PC Bong. Okay. Which is, like, just PC set up. To play video games. Okay. Similar and like in you, Brazil. I, I yeah, got you. Yeah, you, you could see these all over town, and they actually, it actually became like an issue sometimes because people could spend like 24 hours in there. And so they, they had to put like certain regulations on it saying like, okay, you can only be here for a certain amount of time. I got you. Because people could be like com- consumed and addicted by it, yeah. right? But anyways, I just thought it was really interesting. I remember seeing for the first time and like, you know, just walking by and you can look at this like computer cafe and there's like 50 kids in there just playing that's video games. So funny because that's what you meant when you said PC bong. I didn't even know what you were referring to. It's called uh, a LAN house when you go to Brazil and that's the only way you can use the internet. Basically, you pay five bucks for an hour, go in there and you can, that's how we had to write our emails to our family. We had to pay five bucks to write emails. That's, to that's so interesting. stupid. But yeah, that's how people would game. And then it was the same thing with like um, when I was on my mission in Brazil, it was 2008 to 2010 obviously I had to leave after all my friends was younger than everybody. So it sucked. Anyways, when I was there, um, Guitar Hero was huge. It had just like skyrocketed in the United States. But when we got there, um, nobody could afford a, a console like an Xbox 360 or anything like that because they were $2,000 there. So in Brazil, the electronics were extre- extremely high. So you had to pay, you had to go to the mall to play Guitar Hero. So they'd get at the mall, they'd have a Guitar Hero set up. You pay five bucks and you could play it. And it was like 30 minutes at a time. So you just see tons of kids like That's circling crazy. around. Anyways, it's kind of interesting how other countries do it so you had the dedicated tv stations the pc bongs in korea and you started noticing that this was kind of the the beginning of the well i I just saw how like these big companies were investing in it and like literally they would have like a tournament where you'd have tens of thousands of people watching it live like in a stadium so you have teams playing against each other live in the stadium and everybody can see like the screen of what's going on and seeing the live action See, so, I've seen those on TV. Like, I've seen shots of them before. I've yeah. seen that. It, it's interesting to me. Like, why why do people get so invested in it, though? Like, all these people, why do they want to even go and watch a live Well, I think it's, it, you know, it's it's like anything competitive, I think, right? Right. Like, I'm a competitive person. And so that's why I always played video games, too, is because I wanted to compete and achieve something. So, like, even now when I play, like, I do I do some first-person shooters nowadays, like, uh, right. like PUBG, Battlegrounds. Um, player unknown battlegrounds or whatever it's called but it's a it's essentially a survival game where you you parachute in and you try to be the last one to survive and for me it's all about the competitiveness of right. it right and so i think people enjoy seeing top players just like we we like you know sports right? right so we like to see top athletes perform and it's just like 
holy cow, you know? Yeah. Like a uh, year and a half ago or whatever, I went and saw uh, the Warriors play the Jazz. Yeah. And to see Steph Curry in person just launching threes from 30 feet, and you're like, holy cow, how did that go in? Right. You know? So I think for people that aren't necessarily into athletics or something like that, but they want to still have some competitive juices, this is kind of a way for them to get involved. Okay. Right? Yeah. Because I, I see these competitive gaming things, and it is. It's crazy knowledge. It's crazy skill. I mean, their hand-eye coordination, you you might be able to laugh about that, but it's they still got to control the keyboard and the mouse, and they have to have crazy fast reflexes to pull off the things that they do. Right. So it's not to say that, you know, it's, it's a different type of mindset and athleticism, but they're still competing at the highest level. No, for sure. So I think people like to just watch that entertainment factor of people competing at a game that they enjoy at the highest level. I got you. So in Korea, you know, that was like StarCraft and now League of Legends and other games. They, you know, they get packed stadiums of 20, 30,000 people, which is incredible. You know what's funny is like I used to make fun of people like this. This is why I'm I'm like so glad that I was able to do this podcast. A couple months back had Scott Vope on here, you know. Uh, he was talking about esports now i got you i've got friends like yourself and then obviously our others that are gamers i've kind of opened my mind a little bit with it because i used to make fun of these people but now i find myself like i'll watch youtube videos every once in a while i'll catch like a either like a facebook video or a youtube video of people playing fortnite and i suck so bad at fortnite like i can't i, I panic <laughs> i start shooting i don't know how to do that stuff but i see how well like how well crafted they are you know what i mean like they mm -hmm. put time into it even though it's someone say it's a stupid game they put time into it and you'll see how they do different things and how cool it is they can build so quickly run up this thing shoot these people like jump down this hole shoot this guy with a shotgun like the way they time it it's kind of cool to see it's like you said people that are good like very skilled at that particular craft it's kind of cool to watch them at the highest level so it's like me watching lebron james or someone else like that like live you're like okay this is really cool to watch so i get that i'm, I'm starting to open my mind up to it a little bit well another thing too is i think esports caters to a larger demographic right because athleticism true. is not something that's, that's just given to people it takes a long time to to become athletic and sometimes let's just be honest genetics has to play a huge part in that right true but gaming is something that pretty much anybody can do like Fortnite, you mentioned Fortnite. Right. I know a ton of high school kids that want to play with their buddies, and there's a social aspect to it as well. Okay, the social aspect, but, all right. But, like, right now, it's a really popular game, I feel like, against high school-age kids and, and, you know, a little bit older adults. And so, you know, you have these games that come, and they kind of, they're kind of trendsetters. Okay. Like, think about Pokemon Go. You remember when that first came yes. out? Everybody was walking around town playing Pokemon All Go. All over the place. It's it's crazy, right? It's like something that's, uh, you know, these video games now are becoming part of our social society. And so Fortnite right now, I feel like, is one of those big games that everybody's kind of playing right now. And, and I'm with you there. I, I'm awful at it. I don't understand the building aspect and all that stuff. And I've only played a little bit into it. But it's it's interesting because it's the competitiveness of people. And more people can compete at a video game right. than they can on the basketball court or on the football field. So I think the demographic is there to make esports really big. And I think that's why you have a lot of investors starting to look at that saying, okay, we can make some money here because it's a big demographic. Big demographic. So it's a big pool of people. And you mentioned, okay, so Korea, you had your, you thought it was like, you know, the beginning. Now let's transition it over to the United States. What are you seeing in regards to the esports world? In, in the business aspect in the United States, how how are the investors getting into it? Who are some of those investors, etc.? Yeah, one of the things you know, like there there's always been like PC tournaments, right? And they were right. always kind of at a smaller scale. And I'll give you an example. Like there was the there's a big tournament uh, I think a couple times a year called the Intel Extreme Masters. 
Okay. And that's a bunch of different games that are, are worldwide, right? Like CSGO, Counter-Strike, um, Global Offense is a big game kind of around the world. And so they had these tournaments that, you know, were all across the world. But now it's starting to become mainstream, and it's starting to be on a regular basis where they actually have scheduled leagues. And, you know, I think that really started with, like, League of Legends here uh, in in North America. Uh, League of Legends is a a game that, uh, you know, it's a 5v5 game. So there's a team aspect to it, and there's individual roles. So you'll have, like, a jungle player or a mid player and somebody that's at the top lane, and there's lanes and stuff like that. So they have these roles, and team play is really big into that. So you have these teams, and, and League of Legends was a as was made in America. Okay. So you have this these teams, and it started off with the World Championships and that type of stuff, and then it evolved to these leagues. So now they do a spring split and a summer split, and they have regular attended events. I think in California, where people go and watch these these teams play in league play. So it's every week on a certain day, and they also have a European league now for that same game. And that's just kind of a small way that I've seen these uh, leagues develop here in in the United States. Okay. And I think it's going to continue to grow. Another one that I'm not as familiar with, but is Overwatch. Okay. And Overwatch is a is one of those kind of first person shooter games, but it's a team aspect thing. And they're starting to have leagues, but they have leagues dedicated out of certain cities. So like Dallas has a team, or Philadelphia has a team, right? And really? so yeah, and so they go compete against each other now, but they represent a city. And a lot of these, you know, teams have big corporate sponsors nowadays, which used to be, you know, you put a team together and you'd, you'd pay your way or something like that, but yeah. now they got big time money. Okay. So explain this to me then. Do you happen to know off the top of your head, they might have these corporate sponsors. These investors are putting a lot of money into these tournaments and stuff like that. Are the players themselves able to make any kind of income off oh, of that? You know, the players are making money because they, they get a pool of, of the sponsorship, stuff like that. And okay. they also have a pool of the earnings, right? So when they go win a tournament or something like that, then they get a pool of that money. And then they also have, you know, individual, um, I guess, content creator things that they could do. So they could be on Twitch or they can be on YouTube and they get, you know, a percentage of their downloads or whatever, their views and okay. comments and all that type of stuff. So these professional players, I mean, you're talking six figures for a lot of these guys uh the high end i mean you could be talking a million plus a year you know and it's it's it's, that's big business you know that is a big business yeah and you mentioned like you said twitch there's youtube there's all there's so many outlets for this twitch Twitch hasn't been around very long right right um but you know twitch just sold amazon last year who hasn't sold amazon yeah but amazon you know amazon paid 970 million dollars for it my goodness. So Amazon clearly sees a potential in this, right? Right. And so, I mean, YouTube and was obviously bought by Google. And so these these content creators, you know, are able to use these platforms to make some serious money. Dude. And, and it's a, becoming an entertainment industry. My goodness. Do you, do you? Okay. So, like, we know that in the United States, obviously, Twitch is a big one and YouTube is a big one. We have kind of like that freedom to to look at these things like online, stuff like that. We have that freedom here. Um, that's kind of our main outlet for finding these and, and watching those things. Um, but do you see us coming to like dedicated television stations, kind of like Korea? Oh, I could definitely see it. You know, yeah. um, ESPN, you know, you go to ESPN.com and they have an esports section. Yeah, that's true. You no. know, and, and so I'm sure at some point they're going to have some of these TV stations you know, I'm sure they're already on cable. I don't know of them personally. I probably don't. Know but either, but, but I'm sure it. there's already TV stations on cable that are, are playing esports on a regular basis. In fact, I think uh, TBS, I think, had a 
a, a couple of hours or something like that dedicated to some tournaments at some point. You know, TBS is a pretty big station, right? right. And so I think it's going to continue to grow. I really do. And I think as you continue to see more and more sponsors getting involved in this, um, you know, it used to be a nerd thing, like you were talking about yeah. before. You know, it used to be like, oh, nerds play these type of games and stuff like that. But I think the demographics there to continue to, I guess, expand esports and to make it a, a really big, profitable entertainment center. Do you think that with the growth of esports, though, is it going to hurt, like, the youth coming up as far as, like, athletic sports such as you know your typical football basketball baseball those types of sports do you think we're going to see a decline in those and more people you know migrating towards esports because there's no head injuries there's none of that this and that you know i don't i don't think so i think those people that are still wanting to get outside and be you know the typical athlete i think will still happen you know i think there's other barriers that are inhibiting some of that you know when we were kids we just go out and play sports right, right. but now you have traveling teams that are starting at like age six yep which to me is I think they might be overdoing it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a whole other subject. But, like, I don't think esports is going to interfere with that stuff. I think the athletes are still going to be out there playing sports and stuff like that. But, but how many kids go out and play sports is definitely declining. Right. I mean, there's no doubt about that, right? Because we used to go home, get home from school, and we didn't play video games. We went and played football or basketball after played school. Played in the right? snow. We played basketball in the snow yeah, sometimes. Yeah, exactly. So, we made up our own rules, how many so steps to I don't, take. I think it's as a society, we've definitely shifted, but I don't think we blame that on esports. Okay. I think we just, kids are different nowadays, and I think technology is different. So that's what's driving that. But I, I wouldn't say just esports in general is creating that. Oh, for sure. Um, one thing I wanted to touch base on while you were talking, it kind of just sparked in my head. Um, with esports growing, with the amount of you know high-profile, I guess e-sports athletes, whatever you want to call them, these gamers, you know they're coming up. There's this issue with performance-enhancing drugs, which is it's some people think that's ridiculous, right? But I, I actually saw a documentary on it. I don't know if it was on Netflix or it was just a quick little discussion on E60, like ESPN, something like that. But it was talking about you know people using Adderall, and it was becoming such a, a big issue because now you've got scholarships that are being offered for esports. You've got a lot more going into the esports world as far as sponsorships and and all this stuff, and and people can make a lot of money doing it. You see that the, do you see this possibly becoming a problem because like in in normal sports like we had like the Mark McGuire era with Sammy Sosa like the steroid era in baseball you've got the issues going on with football everyone's taking steroids everyone's trying to get a head up like on the other person do you think that this could potentially be a problem with people abusing those types of drugs if this continues to grow well here here's I guess I have a hard time with this because my stance on steroids might be different than most people it's probably not different than mine I think just let them take them but that's my uh, th- no that's, that's my personal my opinion too because like <laughs> professional sports what is it right it's entertainment it's entertainment yeah so who doesn't want to see somebody hit a 550 foot home run right like when mark mcguire was crushing it and having that battle out with sammy sosa like who didn't enjoy that right i don't even like baseball but i just watched it yeah i mean it was one of the most gratifying things was to watch you know barry bonds hit one into the pond or whatever like that in san francisco (laughs) in the bay you know what i mean you got guys in boats out there trying to find (laughs) the the baseball yeah exactly like who doesn't enjoy that right who doesn't enjoy a guy throwing 105 miles per hour so for me, professional sports, like, it's an entertainment, right? So if they're going to, you know, I guess if they want to do that to their bodies, you know, and and I don't know the science behind the steroids, too. Like, obviously, you can abuse it, just like right. anything else, right? You can abuse it, but do I think you could take it 
in moderation and be okay and also enhance your ability. Yeah. But that's, that's a whole other subject. Right. So in my opinion, like for these esports guys, like it's entertainment. Yeah. So let's watch them perform at the best and whatever they're doing, like, you know, as long as, you know, some of them might, I don't remember the statistic. You might know this, but like they asked Olympians, right? Like if you could take something it guaranteed you a gold medal, but you died it. <clears throat> excuse me but you died in 10 years would you do it and it was like 70 percent of them said yes right okay or something like that i don't remember the exact statistics I don't remember, well, I don't you know look it up and correct me on some other show or something that's like that fine. but <laughs> but that's what most olympians said right okay so clearly they're willing to sacrifice that to be the best at something at that given moment right so for esports athletes like i know that there's like glasses like glasses out there that are supposed to help them see better and, and be able to look at pixels differently or something like that, you know? And so I'm all for it because it's an entertainment thing. Right. You know, to go along with this a little bit more, I was going to talk about the, the training aspect of it all too. Um, with the esports people, they're trying to compete at a high level. Um, these guys are crazy. The ones that are playing some of the games that you mentioned earlier, it's, it's insane to see what they're doing. And I actually watched another thing. It was on MTV years ago, but they were talking about like these, these people were traveling and it was a team. I don't know which game it was, but there's five people on each team and they were training. They actually would stay up all night long. They'd have three hours of sleep, but they'd stay up all night long. And they actually had physical maps. They would, you know, they printed off of the game and they'd talk about their strategy. They're going through seriously. I'm not even kidding. Each one of them would have five Red Bulls. That's when Red Bull was really, really getting like flying, you know, early on in its career too. So like when Red Bull first launched as an energy drink and they were drinking five Red Bulls a night, getting ready for their tournament, sleep three hours, go to their tournament and they're smashing more Red Bulls while they're, they're playing because they have to stay all up on the game and, and make sure that they're like there, there, there can't be any lag. There can't be like an attention deficit, which is why they started taking Adderall because they started thinking that that was like a little bit better, a little healthier for you than the Red Bulls. So in my opinion, I say, if they're going to take Adderall, let them take it. I think it's a lot better than pumping your heart full of caffeine and, uh, have that possibility of screwing you up. Well, you bring an interesting point. Like, so for athletes, right? Right. Like we can't overtrain. You can't train for 12 hours a day, right? It, right. Your body just won't do it to be at a high level. But these, these gamers, right, it's not necessarily a physical thing. Like, they do have certain mechanics physically that they have to be able to do, right? And it's, but it's quick motions and movements. Right. But it's a mental aspect. And these guys do, like you mentioned, they train 12 hours a day and just crazy stuff like that. And it's totally mental. And that's that's the impressive part about it because you can't just go be a professional gamer. It's, right. it's years and years of training to their craft. And people might say, oh, that's just silly. Well, it's, that's the case. And guess what? There's, there's video game players out there making million dollars, you know, a year easy. Some right. of them probably a million dollars a month, you know, on these, on YouTube and Twitch and stuff like that. And these, these content creators, because people want to watch them play because they're either good or they're good at entertaining. Yeah. You know? And so it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot of training and preparation that goes into these, these guys. And especially at the team level, when you're competing at that highest level week in and week out. Right. Now let's go back to the business side of it real quick. Um, talk about some of the investors that you you saw this earlier. We were talking before the show, but who are some of the investors in the U.S. like big names that we know of that have started investing into? Yeah, I just remember like when I was watching uh, League of Legends. You know, and this was a few years back. Um, one of these new teams came out, and it was called Echo Fox. And I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool name. 
And then I, I dug into it a little bit more, and I found out that Rick Fox, you know, former L.A. Lakers. Gross. You know. <laughs> yeah. But he, uh, he invested and bought this team. And now you have other investors, you know. Um, I know Shaquille O'Neal is invested into a team. Um, I know the Philadelphia 76ers bought an entire organization dedicated to esports. So now their team management, you know, their NBA team management is now managing these esport teams. So trust the process, right? Exactly. (laughs) Trust the process, right? Isn't that what uh, Embiid, uh, who did he recently recently text though to said come over? That was LeBron, I think, wasn't it? Uh, No, maybe it wasn't. (coughs) I can't remember. Um, Anyways, just trust the process. Exactly. (laughs) So now that's, but I know Ashton Kutcher, Magic Johnson, Shaquille O'Neal, right? Shaq is investing in these esports teams. And I think it's going to continue to grow. And people think those those guys you just mentioned right there, Shaq, Magic Johnson, they think those guys are just dumb jocks. Shaq's one of the most well-educated professional athletes, retired professional athletes that I've actually ever seen. Oh, yeah. As far as an education, going to school, investing, he's actually extremely smart when it comes to investing. And Magic Johnson, obviously, he's done his part as well when it comes to the investing into, obviously. So, sports, so get this, though. Not only – so Magic Johnson, though – um, you know, obviously we know the organizations that he's associated with the Dodgers, right. you know, and I mean, he's, he's big time, but here, here's his investing partner that he is also associated with. He's invested with Tony Robbins. Okay. So that group is the one that is going and investing in these teams like team liquid. And it's interesting because it used to be, you would have individual teams for each sport, right? For each esport. So like right. league of legends would have these teams and, um, overwatch or whatever would have these teams. But now it's coming to the point where, like liquid team liquid has teams in every major gaming sector okay. and they're all under the banner team liquid. So it's not like these are individual teams, but it's becoming organizations that then sponsor teams for each league. Cry out loud. Okay. So, so that's, you know, so like Tony Robbins and magic Johnson, when they invested in this, this organization, it's not just one team. They're investing in multiple teams, multiple video games, but it's one organization. Okay. So that's why I think it's growing in the U S because you have, Know, high-powered names investing in these organizations that are putting out multiple teams for every essentially every video game that's played competitively okay so the business person in you this is jordan morehouse now yes. we're going to be asking you yes so we've got all these different types okay you can invest into a 401k you can invest into this or that like real estate you can invest into you know cryptocurrency or you can invest into esports if you could invest right now into esports what would you even start with though? Like, let's talk about that for a second. Like we, okay, well, this is cool. We got all these people that are investing in sponsoring esports, but like if we wanted to get into it and maybe sponsor somebody, what would we even, where would we start? You know, I don't even know if we could, honestly, okay. I, I've never even looked into it. Maybe, if, you know, it'd be cool as I was find a, find a, an organization that would be ran through crowdfunding or something like yeah, that. Right. Dude. So you could like find a team, an organization that is sponsored by a hundred or different individuals yeah. or a thousand different individuals. That'd be pretty cool. But it for me, it seems like all these esports teams are being bought out by big type investors. So I don't know if the little guy's even able to get in on can't this. Can't play right the now. game. Yeah. But okay. but but then you have the content creators from like YouTube or Twitch, right? And I feel like a lot of small time guys are going out there and making a little bit extra each month by doing those things. And then eventually I guess the dream is to hit it big where you're making, you know, ten thousand a month or whatever like that, where that becomes your full time job. Okay. Um, I know there's a ton of people on Twitch where that's what they do full time now or YouTube. They're just, you know, content creators. Wouldn't that be nice? And that's what they do for a full time job. Right. Because it's, and that's the thing. People look at video games as just, oh, people, nerds just playing video games or whatever like that. No, it's now become an entertainment industry. 
and people want to watch the highest level players or just entertaining people play video games because of the entertainment factor. Right. So, I mean, you, it's, it, as I look at it, it's now a sector of Hollywood or a sector of, you know, uh, mainstream sports. Right. You know, that's just where it's heading. And I think it's going to continue to grow. Does that go into your two sides of gaming discussion that we were talking about earlier? There's two sides to gaming. Yeah, I did, there's definitely, there's the, there's the, the mainstream, I guess not mainstream, but there's the, the esports, right? Where it's a competitive league week in, week out. And then there's the individuals that play games. Right. Okay. Um, you know, and I know of, of former professional players that did play in those leagues that have retired and now they stream on Twitch or YouTube full time. And now that's their full time gig. And, you know, they probably make, you know, 250000 to a million dollars a year. Gosh, dude. What are we doing? What's the point of this podcast? Honestly, I don't. Two hundred fifty k. But I, you know, I don't want to dedicate the time to become that good because that's the thing. Those guys have been playing for years. They've dedicated a lot of time, and I guess it's paying off for them now. And something interesting about streaming as well um, that I learned from Scott Johnson, who was on the show that we mentioned about him earlier, was that it's like it's there's an art to actually streaming well too. You have to have the right setup to be able to like get it all put together that's actually appealing to the the eyes of the people who are watching. Well, I it. just I just found out recently too these main these big time streamers, they're not streaming off of one PC, but they have multiple PCs that are connected together to create high quality content. Oh, really? Okay. Because because a lot of the times they, they they don't want to make sure they want to make sure that they can perform the latest video game and then they want to be able to to make sure that that quality is streaming out at the highest quality at the same time. Jeez, so a lot of these CPUs and these graphic cards if you're trying to run all of this stuff all at one time, can't can't do it. Can't so, handle it. So they have a game that plays the video game, or a PC, and then they have a PC that's streaming it. So oh, then, cow. so yeah, I mean, you're talking four or five grand easy into these these setups. I mean, because then they're talking about high quality cameras and right. high quality sound equipment and all that stuff. Yeah, and I mean, to these high level streamers, they probably I bet you they have six to ten thousand in their setup easy. Man. It's insane to me. Yeah, dude. I mean, there's a whole art to it and everything like that. So there's, yeah, there's so much time and dedication that goes into it. People don't just pick up a, a controller and just go to work kind of thing. It's There's a lot more that goes into it. Um, one last thing I want to touch base on with you um, is regarding the scholarships. Now, I brought this up before, but since it is now becoming a varsity sport in regards to um, major universities, I mean, Boise State just introduced that as well as a varsity sport. Uh, so you can now get a scholarship to, to play video games. What are your thoughts on that? I just want, I want your thoughts, it, good, bad, whatever, just general thoughts on it becoming an option for people to actually, they can go get schooling. Well, would, well let's go to the, the stereotypes of video gamers, right? When you picture a video gamer, what do you picture? Uh, I'm just going to be completely honest. Like I'm thinking greasy hair. I'm thinking fat. I'm thinking someone who has like jeans and like ripped jeans that hasn't gotten out of the house, long hair, long fingernails, just looks gross and just it, sits in the house. Exactly. You know, like stereotypically, that's what we all think, right? Right. I, I sound like somebody, a so, complete douche somebody, right now. Yeah, Sorry, but somebody guys. that lives in the, the basement or their parents' house or something like that. Right, right? exactly. But like, okay, they like video games. But now you, I guess you give these guys an opportunity to go get a college education for something that they were passionate about. And I, you know, I... I've heard of these these uh, guys that go on scholarship and, you know, they're computer program majors or something uh -huh. like that, computer science majors, whatever like that. So, like, yeah, they're going to get an education and they're still doing something that they enjoy. And there's that entertainment factor there, right? right? Because 
You know, I know that there's college championships for some of these games where you can go win a national championship in esports. Right. And I'm sure that's bringing in some more revenue for the university for those teams that are competing. Exactly. I don't. I, I don't have statistics or numbers. Oh, I'm sure on that's it, the case, though. But I'm yeah, exactly. So like, why not? If the university is going to capitalize on it, why not give kids an opportunity to go get an education for free? Dude, I I totally agree with you on that one, and I've kind of switched my stance on this as well, man. Like I, I thought it was kind of weird at first, but I'm like realistically if we're going to break it down like people would always say well why do basketball players get to have a scholarship oh well it's because they bring in money well we just talked about the business side of esports there's a huge potential bringing in a ton of money probably more so than soccer uh women's sports altogether are typically in a deficit for any university yeah uh, the, the two main sports are men's basketball and men's football uh, i mean or football i should say football and men's basketball usually make up the the difference for all the, the other sports that are a deficit well the funny thing too is that it's probably not in the arms of the ncaa right which is right. under fire right now so yes. you know title nine and all that stuff doesn't apply to that situation but Same. but honestly the ncaa i mean you i we could, that's a whole nother discussion that would right. take an hour and a half. But, uh, yeah, I mean, let's just give these kids a, an opportunity to get the education and, and you know, represent their school and, and have some fun with it. I totally agree, man. I totally agree. I like it. I like your stance on that. We're not arguing too much today at all. Actually. I know. This is interesting because, as as you mentioned before, I, I told him I was driving in my car listening to the podcast, and I could just argue with him over and over again. <laughs> he doesn't agree with me. Jordan doesn't agree with me in, in regards to a lot of things, especially LeBron James, that whole discussion. Um, <laughs> LeBron James. Jordan loves LeVar Ball. Oh, God. Kidding. I know. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was going to be a podcast I wanted to be a part of. Maybe because... we'll do that still because it's still actually a very interesting You know topic. what, though? I'm... I'm surprised of how well they're doing in Europe. Yep. And I I wanted them to go there and get destroyed, but yep. it's not happening. Yeah, they're doing they're holding their own, except Lamella just got himself hurt. So. Yeah, I saw that. Yes. That's too bad for him, but whatever. Lavar's a punk. I can't stand that guy. It is what it is. So let's do this. To finish up, Jordan, let me ask you a question real quick. Yeah. What's your favorite game to play? Uh right now, Battlegrounds for sure. Battlegrounds. Uh, yeah. What's so good about Battlegrounds? I just like that competitive, um, you know, so it's a, it's a game where it drops in 100 people. Okay. And it's last man standing wins. And you have to go around and find guns and find armor and that type of stuff. And there's some vehicles and, and you can drive around. And um, it's just kind of that survival of fittest, Phil. But it's a first-person shooter at the same time. Um, and it's just... I can't explain how rewarding it is when you win at the end of the game and you're the last guy alive. Um, and for me, just being a really competitive person, and I and I see that I'm the last person standing, it's like, yep, that's right, I did it. And uh, it doesn't happen very often where I win, but it's just that competitiveness that I just really enjoy. I like it, the competitiveness. And the, the, the last thing I want to touch base on here, I keep saying that, but this is really the last thing. I had Matt Jones on the show last week. He talked about how gaming is his like second passion outside of fighting he's a professional fighter but he games and the reason he games is because it allows him to relax his body mm -hmm. and stimulate the mind mm -hmm. so anything that he can do to relax his body and stimulate the mind do you find it do you find gaming to be similar in that nature to be able to like you know you come home you've you got you know a wife and kids you've got a full-time job you're working can you come home and just like relax by doing that? Does it, does it help you that way? Like keep your mind fresh, but like body it, as well. It does. You know, like I, I, it's, it's two parts, right? Like, like what we mentioned, I get that competitive juices out of me, but then I'm just like a carefree almost. Right. Okay. And I, I and it's interesting you mentioned that because I know that uh, mighty mouse, um, 
shoot, why can't I think of his name now? M- uh, UFC fighter, Mighty Mouse. Oh, uh, Demetrius Johnson? Yes, he's a big-time t- uh, guy on Twitch. Is he really? In fact, he streams a couple times a week, I'm pretty sure. No kidding. And okay. uh, anyways, that's just kind of a side note. And I know, like, uh, Gordon Hayward, you know, plays right. a ton of video games, but I completely agree with you. It's kind of like it's doing something where I'm still getting those competitive juices out, but it's kind of relaxing at the same time where I'm not worried about work. And, uh, you know, like, like we mentioned earlier, I'm not able to do it as much as I used to, but it's still kind of a, a way for me to have some of my own time and, and enjoy going around trying to shoot somebody and be the last man standing, I guess. There you go. I like it, man. All right, everybody. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this discussion. Hopefully you learned something new about the business side of esports and enjoyed just the, the, the chalk it up discussion that we had uh, with Jordan. Jordan, thanks for joining me for the yeah, show. Hopefully course. we'll do it again, right? Yeah. Congratulations again on the 50th episode. That's, that's huge. It. Uh, if you haven't gone and subscribed to Shane's channel, please do so. It's just been uh, an enjoyment to go. You know, I drive around a lot for work, being in real estate, and listening to some of those podcasts and just arguing with them about some stance in sports. So if you haven't uh, subscribed or followed him on his other uh, social media accounts, do so. Yep, exactly. I'd appreciate it, guys. If you want to disagree with me, make sure to subscribe and follow. And for all you guys out there, we'll talk to you next week. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars, and leave me a review, it would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.